0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Everybody enjoying the beautiful weather? That's like the perfect, most easy pastoral intro to a sermon ever, because you could talk about the weather, right? Everybody enjoy the weather? Yeah, it was really great. We went out to shoot fireworks on July 4th and pff, lost that because of the rain. Then same thing happened on July 5th pff, because of the rain. It was a weird thing. Did you notice that we had like evening rain like every day? Everybody see that? So I was going to get gas on like the 3rd, I think it was, and I'm just driving through Matthews and everything's all well and good, right? And, and I've noticed this is the kind of thing that's happened before, but it absolutely is um, insane when it happens like this. Pulling through to get, because you know the cheapest gas is in Matthews. Y'all know that? No? Hey, guys, the cheapest gas is in Matthews. Unless you're willing to drive to South Carolina. Where are my South Carolina people? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, there's like two of you here. Fantastic. You're helping my sermon out a whole lot. Hey, by the way, y'all know that when we do sermons, they're like full contact, so you got to talk or else the sermons take longer because I get all nervous and then I don't know what to say and I start rambling and I just keep going. So you got to talk to me, okay? All right, there we go, all right, there we go. So I pulled up to this gas station. I noticed that the storm clouds are, like, starting to brew. And they're just coming out, uh, and, and it's like something's about to happen. The wind starts going like that. And so I get gas in the car, and like every normal person, I go into the gas station and just peruse the convenience store and see if there's anything that tickles my fancy. And as I walk through the aisles, I notice that a couple of wa- raindrops start to fall. And then all of a sudden, it is like heaven opened up and like all kinds of rain. I mean, it is pouring down rain, like super hard. My car is out there and it's not one of those gas stations that has like the little T of roof, right? It's just roof and then building and then here's you're, you're just like no man's land in between, right? So I'm standing there in the store and I'm thinking, well, I look so nice today, I don't want to get wet. So I thought to myself, I will peruse a tiny bit longer. And I stayed in the store perusing for like five minutes, and the rain was not stopping. And then I noticed that other people were having the same problem, and the strangest thing happened in the middle of the store. I made friends. (laughs) And we all talked about how we didn't want to get wet, and we didn't want to go out of the store, so we just started talking about stuff. What are you guys doing for the fourth? Also, what's your name? Cool, nice to meet you. What are you guys gonna do for the fifth? (laughs) How about the sixth? still raining and there was this weird wonderful uncomfortable friends that we made in the gas station anybody ever been trapped because of the weather in a place and you can't go outside raise your hand and say I've been there okay I feel I feel a little bit better I, I had to get a lot of stuff done the rain is coming down and the funny thing about the storms is sometimes they can unite you like that right where it's just like oh we're kind of all friends or when your neighborhood all gets snowed in have you noticed that everybody like hangs out even the people that you don't really like and it's a wonderful thing. But when those storms come, sometimes they can cause massive amounts of chaos. Just as I'm leaving the place, I roll up on some kind of crazy car accident right down the road from where I was. That same storm that brought this unity and this wonderful thing that happened inside this store brought devastation just a few blocks away. Sometimes chaos leads us to our greatest instincts, and sometimes it leads us to our worst instincts, that chaos of the storms, sometimes having us shake our fists at each other when we're in the middle of them. Sometimes it has us shaking our fists at God. Somebody say amen. amen. hmm Let's look at Mark 4. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. This is a short story, but there's all kinds of great stuff happening in it. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And they're talking about of the water. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. All right, now they're in the Sea of Galilee. They're in a boat heading across to the other side. Now, just a small bit of commentary here. Now, these are uh, people that are in the boat. uh, A a good chunk of them, their primary uh, occupation prior to time with Jesus was what? Fisher people. Yes, we can be politically correct. Thank you. They're fisher people. And they're in the boat, I don't know, I just got stuck on it. And so they got into the boat, and they they know how to work boats, right? Just say right. Right, thank you. Where are you guys at this morning? Come on, we gotta get fired. Okay. They're in the boat, going across the sea galley. Now, interesting thing about the sea galley is it's absolutely surrounded like a giant bowl of mountains. So storms can kind of, they've always said they can kind of come up and they get stuck right on the edge and then boom, they go right into that bowl and then they just get kind of stuck. So big, intense storms. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. So there's a group. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Say that together Quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. I know, right? He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. There's a couple of things that hit me. I preached on this a couple of years ago, and I I spent a ton of time on one part of it, and God brought this one back to me this time in a whole different way. So I'm going to talk about a couple of those things really quick. One, the first thing is they just look at him and they say, who is this man? This is chapter four, all right? Chapter four in Mark. we got a number of chapters left to go. They're just getting to know who he is. And this is one of the first, like, real introductions to figuring out who this man was, right? He's done some really cool stuff thus far, but this one really sticks out and shakes them up. Who is this? They're getting ready to see what Jesus is all about. Second, this is one of my favorite ones. I want you to say it with me. Jesus never leaves the boat. Say that. If you remember nothing else from my sermon this time i want you to remember that jesus never leaves the boat in the middle of the storms think about it jesus could have been like hey y'all go into the boats i'm going to chill here because i'm just going to sleep anyway and i want to relax y'all go and go to the other side take the crowd over there i'm going to do the uh go off to by myself and pray i'm just going to sleep though instead but no he stays with them in the boat the entire time but then the one that really gets me is that he speaks to the wind and to the waves now think about that just for a second this is Jesus right this is the king of all creation the word made flesh in this boat does he really need to speak at all he could have just winked right just a little collective huh (laughs) and then boom wind waves gone But he's got more power in his little finger than any of all the creation. He's got more power right there. He could have just, I don't know, waved his hands and uh, um, he could have been in sleep. This is like sometimes when I'm like ready to go and my wife is taking a nap and she's like, "Mm." he could have done that. Jesus could have, he could have been, Jesus could have been like, "Mm," sleeping and got back to sleep. No, he spoke. He used words. See, when the word of God speaks, those words have power. In the same way that we hear him around the communion table say, this is my body, this is my blood, those words have power. When he says to so many, be healed and go forth, it's such power in those words. Or when he says to us, your sins are forgiven, there's power in those words. And the second thing is, those words weren't for the wind. And the waves, were they? They were for us. He said those words so that we would hear what happens. He, would, he said those words out loud so that we would know about the power that's within, that's in Jesus. And sometimes I think that we forget those stories of God. I think that we just sort of forget as we get going in our normal lives that God has taken care of the past and God will yet also take care of the future. And God is in your present right now. That's who our God is. That's the good news. We don't worship some faraway God or, or some God that once was. We worship the God that is with us present right here. In all the great times, and all the cruddy times, a God that loves us and walks with us every single step of the way. Somebody say amen because that's truth. I worked with this, uh, I worked for a company called Aerotech when I was, um, when I was, I read out of college, I went back to Nashville to try to be a musician, <laughs> you see how that worked out, and I got a day job, and my day job was just going to be, I was going to show up and go to work and just live in like the corporate America lifestyle, and everything was good, and all of a sudden I realized that I really liked it, it was a lot of fun. I got to wear my suit and my tie, and I had my, my shoes all shined up, I didn't have a beard at the time, so I looked much less manly, and <laughs> Anyway, I don't, that joke didn't land. And so, so then I drive my car around, I do my things, my work, my job, everything was great. And I worked there and there was a guy that was my boss and his name was John. And I don't know if you've ever met somebody like this, but John was an angry man. Anybody ever work for an angry person? Okay. Y'all know this, again, this is how it works. I got to say the things and then you talk back and then we keep going. It was not a happy person, but I loved my job and I was actually pretty good at it. I found that I was having a lot of fun. Like I was getting a lot of things done. Things were going pretty well. I'm moving and grooving, handling my business. All of a sudden we start, the company starts making some money and everything's really, really great, except every single day he kept tearing me down. Every single day, John would bring me into the office and for some reason he would nitpick one little thing just to try to rip me apart and take me down. I couldn't figure out what it was because it was mostly over silly stuff. I just realized over and over he was was just an angry man, but I was afraid to stand up to him. Even though he was only like two or three years older than me, I should have been able to just walk in there and be like, John, you are a poopy head and I don't need you. That was for the children. I think it's that he didn't like that I was happy. He didn't like that I was enjoying what I was doing. He said, Simpkins, you're always so bleepity bleep happy, and he did that a lot. Just put your head down, stop singing, and work. Now, mind you, nobody beat me to work. I was the first one at work every single day. I stayed later than everybody else. No one could outwork me. I rarely sat down. I took my breaks and my lunch because I'm a good steward of my human body, but you couldn't outwork me. No one was willing to take risks like I was to try to go and see if we could get that next client and really push it to the next level. And I think he didn't like that and was so frustrated because he wasn't happy and he wanted me to be unhappy too. And I noticed that some days, there were days where like I would come in and I'd be firing off, I'd be on my game, things would be going great and he would rip me down and then I noticed my pace slowed down. And I'd get more and more frustrated. I'd get more and more irritated. I'd find my, 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 my people that I was working with were, were bothering me and, and making me want to say bad words and act a fool and all of those kinds of things. And yet, there was one day. He got super mad at this client. I don't know what happened to it. I don't even really know the story. But he pulled me in his office right after he got. And he got off the phone and he slammed his phone. Simpkins, come in here. And so I go in. And it had nothing to do with me. And he just starts going off. And in the middle of all this thing, I started smiling because he was such an angry man. And all I could see was the dwarf from Snow White. <laughs> and so as I'm looking at him, I'm like trying to hold myself together, but he was just going. And it was like he was just angry about everything. And he was, his little head was going back and forth like this. And I could see his little, his little hat kind of waffling on his head. And I thought he's just like a little angry dwarf. And I started giggling, and his face got red. And he just laid into me. And then something clicked. And I realized in that moment that he w- didn't have any power over me, not even a little bit. I was giving him power by letting him affect my day, letting him affect the way that things worked for me. And I stood up and I said, John, you can't steal my joy because you don't own my joy, and it doesn't belong to you because it didn't come from you. My joy comes from something greater than you that you may never understand, but I sure hope that you do. Yeah, y'all give it up for that one. That moment changed everything for me. I started walking with confidence. I wasn't worried. I became aware that I had to positively affect the rest of the office. And in that moment, people started looking to me to be the one that brought the joy and brought the reminder of how much fun it is to get to do what we're doing, to play the game of business and to have a great time at it. And it was awesome. And it changed things in the office. And I kid you not, a month later, I got promoted and he quit. Amen. Poor John. Let's pray for John for just a second, though. (laughs) When you realize that joy, safety, hope, and providence all come from the Lord, the world loses its power over you. When you realize that joy, safety, hope, providence all come from the Lord, the world loses its power over you. Then you become who you're called to be. You become powerful because of Jesus within you. You become A storm silencer, a power broker, a miracle maker. I had been cowering, worried, frustrated. But Jesus was with me in that storm, reminding me of who I was called to be. Because Jesus is in you, there is power in you. Because Jesus is in you, that miracle-making ability is in you already. When you speak the word of God, you're not just speaking scripture or words on a page. You're speaking that living word of God, that power that dwells within you. You're holding that power, that same miracle in your mouth. So maybe instead of shaking your fist at the sky when things aren't going great and thinking, oh, why me, or, or why the storms, are Why am I being punished or woe is me? Maybe instead you stand with that same confidence because Jesus is in you, the one who's willing to sleep through the storms because he knows he has power over them so that you can too stand up and say to the wind and the storm, peace, quiet, be still because Jesus is in me. You have power. You have power so that you can stand at the edge of the boat, stare at the wind and say, you have no power over me. Because Jesus has power over the storms, you must be still. And then watch what happens. So brothers and sisters, this is the question. What are you giving power to in your life these days? As a matter of fact, just take a second and ask somebody, what are you giving power to? You don't have to answer. Just ask somebody close to you. What are you giving power to? Ask somebody real quick. There are some of us in this room that hear that question and they start getting a little fired up they start clenching up a little bit why are you asking me who i'm giving power to i'm not giving power to anyone as a matter of fact i'm standing up in the middle of this storm i'm shouting at the wind and the waves and nothing's happening the storm is not dying down this story in bark i gotta tell you is absurd who sleeps through a storm like that that's insanity. I'd be going crazy. I would be in the boats as well, going, Jesus, why don't you get up and do something? I don't even know. Like, Just think about this for a second. You're a disciple. You're standing in the boat. You barely know who this guy is, but he's sleeping. It doesn't matter if he is the leader of all creation, that he is the Lord of all. It doesn't matter. He's just an extra person that could also be helping to take care of the boat, right? So at its worst case scenario, he's just a dude who's sleeping. At a best case scenario, you're staring at the creation maker the miracle maker and he's doing nothing and i think we can identify with that because these disciples were terrified because they forgot who was with him in the boat every raindrop every lightning strike pounding of the waves more and more fear but jesus slept on so then i start thinking well why why was jesus sleeping on He could have chosen to get up at any time. He could have chosen to to calm the wind and the waves right out of the gate, right? As soon as the furious squall come up, he could have stood up and been like, chill, go back to sleep, right? Maybe he was exhausted. He's been working hard. There, probably walking a lot. He's talking all the time to people. He's healing. He's got a lot going on. Maybe he's tired, right? Say right. Or... Maybe he just wants to show us some confidence of his prowess, his Jesusness. Maybe he wants to make sure that we know how awesome he is. So he's just going to wait it out, let it get really rocky and stormy, and just mess with these disciples a little bit, and then stand up and be like, hey, hey, wind and rain, chill, and then go back to sleep. Right? Say right. right. Or maybe he needed to give them a little extra time to build up their strength. For all the storms that were coming next in their life. Ever thought about that? Those things that you went through, and I'm looking at some of you in the room because I know your story. Those things that you went through, those difficulty and frustrating things, those storms that frustrated the heck out of you, maybe they were there to make you stronger for what's to come. All that time he was sleeping, the disciples were getting stronger. Those raindrops, every lightning strike those waves they exist for us too but words the word of god is power and for some reason we forget those stories of god so we got to keep telling them we got to keep hearing them not just in church on sunday mornings but throughout the week tell those stories to one another of god's goodness of god's providence so that we remember where our joy and our hope and our perseverance comes from Facing the storms in life, just like facing the storms in any other time, you remember they take us to our basics of instinct, that we might shake our fists at each other. We might even shake our fists at God. But what if we, as the church, think about those storms as preparation for what yet is to come and unite together like my gas station buddies? (laughs) So I want to ask you a question. When was the time that you saw a life storm? And you or in somebody else, a storm of life. When was the time that you saw a storm of life and you or someone else? And then how did God calm that storm for you? Ask yourself in that group, make a group that's not just your family and have a quick question. When was the time that you saw a life storm and how did God calm that storm? Or maybe God hasn't yet. You got about four minutes, ready, set, go. All right, so maybe we. Uh, so one of the things about this church is that we've uh, we've decided to sort of shake things up, which if uh, yeah, it's on. So so we decided to shake things up a little bit, um, and uh, and we we realize I said it a couple times in my sermon that we forget the stories of God. We also forget that the stories of God didn't finish two thousand years ago, but God is still active. In the church, moving, and so just for a couple of maybe you got a couple of stories that you heard, or you're willing to share, just really briefly. What was the time that you saw a life storm, and how did God calm that storm for you? Just if you're willing to share a little bit, it'd be really awesome if you would just raise a hand uh, somewhere, and then Nate's gonna come and uh, and just share a little bit of that story. Are you raising your hand? Or are you scratching your head? Oh, she's this is close. This is close. Judges, all right. So Ben's gonna stand up. All right, go for it. go for it thanks man
1: okay so um when i was in fifth grade my mom seated to the left of me got really sick and it was like a big deal and it looked really bad for a while but it's the community that really helped us bringing us dinner basic supplies because my dad was basically a single parent for a while it was Relatives coming down from Ohio or Indiana to help us out It was the church community that we had at Christ Providence because I was the only branch at the time But it's now blossomed to three branches that really helped us out like in my opinion the church is not a specific place it's the group of people and The group of people may move and may switch out, but the group of people is inseparable because of God and that's what really helped us in a time of trial.
0: Good, Ben. Thanks, you. And, uh, and how, many, how many kids in y'all's family? Two men. Five. Five kids. That's crazy. I don't know anything about that. Who's got a story a story willing to share? Quick, quick story willing to share about how you saw a storm, a life storm. It didn't have to be your life, but maybe somebody else's that you're willing to share. Let's hear one more. That's how this, that's how this works.
2: John John lost his job, what, I don't know, two, three years ago. And like, it sucked. It was really, really horrible. He was out of work for, I guess, nine months to 10. I don't know how long it was. It sucked. And it was, our marriage was bad, the family was bad. It was just all really, really bad. And um, earlier this year when John lost his job again, I was like, oh, I've been here. Been here, done this. I know this storm. All right, I can handle this now. And about two days afterwards, We sat down and I said, listen, I said, I don't know why God is doing this to you. I don't know why we have to go through this again, but you are not a failure to this family. If you leave the relationship with me and you leave the relationship with the boys, that's how you fail. But you not giving money in the bank account doesn't matter. That's not who you are and that's not what being part of a family means. And I said, so this time it's gotta be different. I said, you can't leave us again as you go through this. I said, you need to go through this as a family. And I honestly think that him losing his job has brought our marriage closer together and our family closer together. So um, that's, that's our storm and we're through it. And thank God he's two weeks into a new job, so yay. Amen. Thank
0: you. So it's not an if, it's not an if, it's a win. When those storms come, when the water starts to rage, when the lightning starts striking and the raindrops start pouring down, remember, God is with you. Jesus never leaves the boat, and the word of God is a powerful, powerful thing. When your relationship starts falling apart, kids are off the rails, you get hit with that bill that you didn't expect, the the dream isn't coming fast enough, remember that God is with you even in those storms. Jesus isn't just being quiet, aloof, or forgetting you. Jesus is already saying to you, you are going to make it. You're going to make it, just like you are. Jesus loves you in the midst of that storm. The word of God is power. The word of God dwells within you. Brothers and sisters, you are miracle makers. Tell somebody you're a miracle maker. And there are all kinds of storms raging around us. Ones that think they have power over you. Ones that think they can toss you around. Ones that think they can stomp down the poor and the broken and the outcasts and the widows and the orphans, but they cannot. Ones that think that they can come get you right where you're sitting, but they cannot. They don't have power over you because you're tied to something greater, an anchor that holds you down, that keeps you in place when those storms rage and rise against you, brothers and sisters. The power of So, brothers and sisters, it's time to go make some miracles. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life, too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast, or maybe in person, at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.